On this episode of What's the Secret Podcast, we'll be talking to master copywriter Jack Turk. And one of the things that I'm doing in these next few episodes of What's the Secret Podcast is talking to people that are experts at what I call the essential skills that you need to implement and grow not only an online business, but any business. And in my free e-guide, The Milk It Method, which by the way, if you haven't downloaded, you should go do that now. Head over to tomgaddis.com forward slash secret. That's tomgaddis.com forward slash secret. This is the strategy that I've used to build multiple six-figure businesses and more recently my seven-figure online business. And again, it's a strategy I'm using to build this podcast. So when you understand how the Milk It Method works, uh, you'll be able to follow along and see how you can apply it to your business. But Jack is an expert in one of the key skills one of the essential skills you need to know to really implement the Milk Up Method effectively, and that's copywriting. Jack has worked for some of the biggest clients in the industry. He's written for Dan Kennedy and GKIC. He's a super smart guy. He also used to be a former magician, which I did as well. So I was really excited to have him on the podcast. And in this episode, Jack talks about why empathy for your ideal buyer is so important he gives you the three-step process that he uses to write killer copy fast, and writing copy fast is the key there. He talks about why market plus offer is critical to success, why you, the entrepreneur, are your best copywriter, and the advantage of focusing on a specific niche. So grab a pen, grab a paper, turn off all distractions, sit back, and enjoy this episode of What's the Secret Podcast. Tired of being at the mercy of your job? Tired of watching your hard work fill someone else's bank account? Want control of your time and lifestyle? Well, if you want the real secrets, the gurus won't tell you of how ordinary people, just like you and me, can create thriving businesses that deliver financial and lifestyle freedom, you're in the right place. Aloha, my name's Tom Gaddis, and welcome to What's the Secret Podcast. Well, aloha and welcome to What's the Secret Podcast, Jack Turk. Excited to have you here. Oh, Tom, it's so much fun. I'm just happy to be here with you today. Yeah, well, I've been really looking forward to this episode. We were talking a little bit about before we went live. So Jack is a former magician, does it as a hobby, and I used to be a magician. And now we're both in this crazy uh, direct marketing, info marketing world, right? So <laughs> it's a good fit. Absolutely. We have, we have, we share a few things in common. Both, we both lived in Michigan for a while and um, you actually have skill as a magician and I just have chutzpah. Well, I don't know. You've never seen me do anything. So you might, you might have changed that opinion. <laughs> but you are in a book. You, have, you are in a book. You know. I was in a book. Yeah, I was in a book. Yep. Well, awesome. Well, thanks so much for uh, joining us here. One of the reasons that I was super excited to have you on the show is because I've really been wanting to focus these past few episodes on like essential skills when it comes to marketing and direct marketing. And I know for me, whenever I'm talking to students and, and, and different people asking about marketing, you know, I always talk about copywriting because I think it's one of those skills that, yeah, you know, a lot of people in marketing know about it, but they don't really uh, understand it. Or it seems like this big mysterious, you know, how do you even do that kind of a thing? Um, but I know in my own business, you know, having a basic understanding of copywriting, like I don't consider myself by any means a copywriter or even a really good one, 
but just having an understanding of the principles has really had a positive impact on just about everything I do in my business. Um, so that's why I was super excited to have you on this episode. Maybe we can start with uh, you just giving the listeners a little background on you know, how you got started in all this, what, what you've been doing, maybe what you're up today, and then we'll get into a little okay. more detail. Well, uh, well, I've been around a while, so my story is kind of long. We could go the entire, you know, I could go the entire half hour or so, you know, telling my story, <laughs> um, which, you know, my opinion. I grew up in Michigan. I got into writing uh, back in college. I'll just start that, start that. That makes sense, back in college. Yeah. And uh, I originally was in the paper science program at Western Michigan University. Um, I always had kind of a scientific mind. I like science in high school and stuff. Um, and after about a year and a half, I was finding that I was not enjoying organic chemistry. That just wasn't, like, see, I got by in high school without studying, but in college, organic chemistry, you gotta, you gotta study, you know, you kinda gotta, you really gotta apply yourself. So then I saw this ad in the student paper about like, can you be funny? And it had like a little test and I forget, I have no idea what I wrote. I said, yeah, yeah, I'll try that. So I set it off and I wound up getting in a comedy group for the student radio station. And for like two years, we wrote a bunch of comedy radio scripts, you know, like, like Fireside Theater, which is very old, but I mean, so that kind of stuff, com radio plays on, you know, and that was fun. And one of the guys in our group actually did very well. Uh, he went on to become a Tim Allen of Home Improvement. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I actually appeared on TV with Tim Allen in 1976 uh, at one o'clock in the morning in a crappy little station in Battle Creek, Michigan. <laughs> that's what what a small world i i love his new show last man standing i watch that all the time oh it's amazing and he's still friends with me i mean we're still friends and I, he's he's been very gracious i actually went and saw the final episode that was uh taped just a few weeks ago it was the final episode they taped the season before they had to shut it down before because of covid um so anyway i got into writing then i thought so i changed majors got in english kept my degree and kept my uh, minor in mathematics because you that was part of the paper science thing. Graduated with a degree in English and a minor in math. And I got told by the, the uh, Michigan Employment Commission, I said, what can I do with this? They said, well, you'd probably be good at flipping burgers. And I thought that's great. Very encouraging. Um, I wound up getting a computer company. I wound up with a career in, in technical writing. So I spent a lot of years in technical writing, uh, doing manuals and stuff for different companies, one of which bounced around the country, like you say, like, kind of like you. I started off in Michigan and then bounced, went down to Texas, worked on a project for the U.S. Army uh, for their MASH units, automating their MASH, you know, the, the hospital systems and the combat sport hospitals and all that stuff. About, went back to Indiana for a year, worked on um, actually artificial intelligence programming stuff. Went to Boston for a couple of years, then finally got a job at Microsoft in 1989 and worked on their multimedia stuff, the multimedia PC. I wrote uh, the very first help file for Windows Media Player. I wrote the very first documentation for Windows uh, Video. Um, worked on Flight Simulator, worked on Age Vampires, worked on the first Xbox stuff. I had a really fun career. Then on my 50th birthday, my boss was coming, putting stuff up on my door saying, hey, happy birthday. And I said, hey, come in. I'm quitting. On my 50th birthday, I quit to become a full-time magician. And so for about six, six years from then, I actually, I was like a full-time magician. I did like doing two to 300 shows a year. I was not, you, you did close-up stuff and you worked in like probably, you, you actually have skill. Um, I actually did just a lot, a lot of kids parties tons of kids tons of kids parties um 
two to 300 kids parties a year. Um, also, I had, like you, like you, I had an information marketing business on the side uh, to magicians. I was helping magicians do their marketing. So I bought that from Dave D, actually. Dave got me into all this stuff, and I learned marketing from him, and I kind of became his, his – I gave him a bunch of money, and then eventually he started hiring me and giving me money. And so I got doing magic shows, info marketing, lots of products, built my own e-commerce site. And uh, Dave went into GKIC to become VP of marketing, and he said, hey, why don't we hire Jack as a copywriter? So I became the head copywriter for Dan Kennedy's GKIC company. And I was there from 2012, 20, 2015. And I worked on a ton of projects. Um, I also worked as part of a, so my background's kind of instructional design because all the technical writing stuff. So I did uh, the ultimate marketing machine, the ultimate info marketing machine, your marketing department in a box, a bunch of those products as well. I kind of wrote all the templates and did the design system design for those things as well as doing managing a team of copywriters there for a GKIC. Then in 2016, then 2015, I decided I wanted to do this on my own. So I left and became like a freelancer. And since then I've been doing all kinds of help, helping other people. Uh, I've written a couple books. Um, we can talk about that at some point. And I have helped a number of different people, um, mainly coaches. I helped Dave. I helped, I uh, have a guy who's a coach for the, for dentists. I've helped guys, guys, uh, attorneys, Lots of dentist stuff, lots of just all, a variety of different copy things. I still do stuff for GKIC, as a matter of fact. Now they're no BS, but I still do. Um, um, I worked as an editor on their Renegade, new Renegade Millionaire book. I was the editor on their Magnetic Marketing book that came out for by Dan Kennedy. Um, I do a variety of different things for them still. So I keep well, pretty busy. Not, yeah, yeah, that that is busy. And and what a path to get there, right? Like. You know, a couple things I got from just what you said there. Like one, I, I'm waiting for my Renegade Millionaire book to show up. Like I pre-ordered it. So it hasn't arrived yet, but it should be here soon. But you know, when you were talking about, you know, uh, I think one of the good points that you mentioned in your story was how you were doing info marketing for magicians, which is, you know, you found a, a niche, you found a market, right? And then you zeroed in on that market. And um, maybe you could talk a little bit about the importance of that, of, of, of really identifying, you know, um, I guess not trying to go too broad is what I'm getting at, right? Like it, it seems most people I see in direct marketing, they tend to focus in more tightly uh, and have better success at it than just trying to hit a big general population. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really, I, and I'll acknowledge it's, I'm kind of going off in a new direction too for my own things. And it's hard to come up it's hard to niche. It really is. It's, uh, magicians are great because it's very easy. A, you can find them. You know, you know where they're at. You know, the, the Magic Cafe, um, the IBM, you know, publication, the Sam publication, Magic Magazine, which I don't know if it's, I don't even know if it's still around. Uh, but there's several. It had its own publication. So it had its own publications. Uh, it had its own um, forums where you can find, you know, that you could go identify and learn more about the niche. Uh, it's really good when you niche to have some natural affinity. And that's what being a magician helped me, you know, have an affinity for magicians uh, because I spoke the same language. I've been in, I was in magic, you know, I didn't really mention that much, but I, I've been in magic since I was five years old. I mean, I've been in it forever, my entire life I've been into magic. And it was very easy to have, to know what's going inside the head and the hearts of magicians. You know, I know what it's like to like, 
step on stage and and have a great experience and have every, the audience has a great experience and I know what it's like to step on stage and and fumble your way through it in a very painful manner and what that's what that feels like so I've gone through you know the gamut of all those kinds of emotions and experiences and that when you're choosing a niche it's really helpful that you can not only understand them from their head perspective but from their heart perspective as well and you can feel their pain and you understand where they're coming from you understand the trials and the struggles and the heartache that that really helps you connect with your niche and narrow when you narrow down and can really tightly focus and understand them that's really important yeah, I think that's such a great point you made there because, you know, there's always this debate of like, if you're looking to go into market, do you follow your passion or what do you do? And like, I know in my experience, it hasn't really been about following what I would consider a passion, but having that exactly what you talked about, that affinity, some understanding and empathy for the market that you're going into, it does really help you to communicate them in a way that's authentic and that they resonate with. But it also, you know, when you really start putting together products and courses and really diving into the market, like you're going to spend a lot of time there. Like you need, mm -hmm. it, it's really hard to do that if it's something that just has no interest to you at all, you know, or you're just kind of like doing it just, you know, just because it makes it very hard to keep that focus that you need to stay in that market and communicate effectively with them. I, oh, absolutely. I, I think one of the strengths that maybe why I'm a, I don't know if I'm a great copywriter. I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm okay. Um, but I, I, I think, I believe I'm able to empathize with my, my prospect and my, the people I'm trying to communicate with. And I'm, I'm a very empathetic person. I'm very, I'm, it's very easy for me. And I know I have driven my, my family members crazy because I can see two sides of almost every argument. I really can. I'm very, that doesn't mean I don't come down. I mean, I'm, I'm I, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty political. <laughs> you know, I ran for office once. So, you know, I, so yeah, so that, that was, that was a terrifying experience. Uh, so, you know, I can't say I'm like totally even handed, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not middle of the road, but I, I absolutely can understand the opposing viewpoint. I'm really good at that. And I think that helps that really helps you as a copywriter that you can have the ability to empathize. Like I knew nothing about, I got, I've done a lot of work in for dentists um, and both in helping uh, my client who is a, you know, a coach for dentists and he's amazing. He's an amazing client. He's fantastic. He's one of the best, I'm sure. Um, I didn't really want to, you know, that was kind of like dentists, huh? Dentists. Right. Um, I know nothing about dentists other than I didn't want to go, you know, that was, that was it, you know? <laughs> Uh, but I've learned a lot about dentistry and I've gotten into the forums and read the posts and really tried to understand it. And I really have a much great, particularly right, you know, right now at this point in time, many of them have been shut down because of uh, the pandemic. And it's, it's hard. It's very difficult for them. It's hard. They care for their staff, their teams, and uh, they're just a small, most of them are just small businesses. And I guess I really have, I have such a heart for small business. I just love small people who, like yourself, who, who don't settle for, I'll just get a job somewhere, you know, but actually take the risks, put themselves out there and take the risk to start their own business. I have such a heart for people who do that. It takes such courage 
and passion and commitment and um, a willingness to, you know, accept risk. I have, so I really, I, I, I adore people who do that. I just think it's amazing. And they're, they're a hero. I think they're heroes. And so uh, that, that, that to me, I think is what helps feed me for the markets I tend to work with are people, you know, that kind of, I do a lot of, I don't do a lot of consumer, direct to consumer marketing. I, I've done some, most of it's been to help small businesses, to small businesses. And I love, because I really have a passion for that. Yeah, that's awesome. I think there are some other good things you mentioned there too, some real nuggets. Like one was, even though you didn't know anything about dentistry, like you, you really took time to learn about them. You mentioned hanging out in the forums, like going to the places they go. I'm sure you read publications they read and that helps you to develop that understanding and get some of that empathy for the situations they're in, even though it's not something you were familiar with from the get go. Oh yeah. And I've talked to, you know, well, I got a neighbor, the dentist I go to is one of my neighbors and I, I chat with him, you know, as often as I can. And I just, I've been, been to events with dentists and just talk to them and hang out with them. And I think that's really important. You really have to know who you're writing to so you can get, you know, I'm not saying I get the term was a thing of get inside their skin. You're really not, but it is kind of that, you know, you got to walk in their shoes, you know, understand what, what their life is like. And that's so important. This episode of what's the secret podcast is sponsored by offline sharks. Offline Sharks, where website designers, social media experts, SEO professionals can get custom software tools and training on how to quickly scale and grow their digital agencies. If you're looking to build reoccurring revenue into your agency and go from one to two clients to six figures and beyond, Offline Sharks is the place to do it. So head over to offlinesharks.com forward slash Tom and start growing your agency today. Yeah, and that's a great tip. One of the, so one of the things that I wanted to specifically ask you about is like, so if somebody is, you know, they're not a copywriter, but they're, they're looking to do something, where do you, like, where should they focus the majority of their attention? You know, when you talk about copywriting, you have, I know there's so many parts of it that are important. You know, you've got the headline, the lead, the subheads, the the offer, the close, the PSs. I mean, there's so many things. Like, mm -hmm. is there is there like one area that somebody who's, you know, looking to put a piece together or to get something together for their product or course that would be just a good area to focus on that? And if you can kind of get that right, it 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 will bring some of that other stuff in line. That's a great question. And I'm gonna give you an answer that I don't know if exactly fits it, but I think it's uh, it's where I come from. Um, and it, it's, it's a, it's a key principle. I know it's, it's Halbert's principle of the, of the starving crowd, it, which is if you're trying to sell a hamburger on the beach, what, what's the most important thing? Is it the, the, the special sauce, the bun, the, the quality of the burger? No, it's find a starving crowd. Then you can sell burgers like crazy. And I think the most important thing for success in business is to make sure you know your customer and what, what pain point they have that you can solve. And that, and that is a key point in your copy, because once you understand that, first, first you've narrowed down your list you know, of prospects to somebody who really is perfect for you, and then you understand what it is that you have that will kind of 
fit that little hole that's missing in their life. That's really going to provide the solution, the Band-Aid, the, the, the cure for what's really hurting them. And then once you have that really understood, you can craft. I've, I'm a firm believer that if you have a, an amazing offer to the perfect crowd, the rest of the copy doesn't really matter. You could just sell it with an order form that doesn't have much else than the, per, than the perfect offer to the perfect crowd. You don't need, really don't need, we spend so much time agonizing over sentence by sentence by sentence and headlines and bullet points. And I'm not saying none, of, that's all important, but I don't think it's as important as having a fantastic offer that's perfect for a hungry crowd, for a, a desperate list. Those get that you you you're going to succeed, and your co your copy is going to come through. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's another that's another great tip. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about was so I I saw you mention in one of the mastermind groups that we're in, you were talking about uh, writing like writing copy fast, right? Okay. Uh, are there any definite tips? Because I know you know like people sit down to that blank page. It's like oh, uh, like what do you do? Are there some tips and things that you could, um, you know, give our listeners that would help them to, you know, get, get that, you know, to just get through it, I guess. Okay. Um, I think the first I have, I have actually have, it's three key elements to, uh, to doing this that I have came up with. And I think the first element is your mindset. The first, you have to embrace the idea as a fact that the best copy you can write is the copy you write fast and that you can write fast. A lot of people have this notion that you have to agonize over every single word and every single sentence and every single paragraph and every single page in order to produce something of value. That's garbage. Um, was the Barber of Seville was produced in like, what, two weeks? Um, Barbara Cartland, who produced like, she, she produced a, a, a book every, every week, essentially, for years. I mean, there's just tons of examples of amazing works of fiction and otherwise that were produced quickly. And so the, the idea that you have to labor, I have a story that I tell, I had a notion and you know I was create I'm a writer so I created you know want to be creative and I had this notion for a screenplay really great idea I mean it was it was gonna it was gonna be fantastic it was about a medieval uh, a magician gosh who'd have thought in a medieval medieval renaissance kind of time period and a medieval fair in a renaissance fair you know and with like and all and so I did literally 10 to 15 years worth of research on Renaissance fairs and the Middle Ages. And I had notebooks stacked, you know, two feet high full of notes of like, you know, the, what they ate, how they dressed, what, what all about the economics of medieval fairs, all this stuff. And I, and I spent 10 years, 10 to 15 years on this script. And I finally got it, finally got it in the hands of a reader from Ron Howard's Imagine Studios. And I was, I got it through my cousin, she was in Hollywood and she got it, she got it in the hands. And I was pumped because I knew I had a career as a screenwriter. 
just just knocking at the door, just waiting. And about a week to 10 days later, I actually got a letter back and I opened it up. And I recall, you know, there was a it was a decline, not interested sort of letter. But I and I kind of just when I saw not interested, it was very short. But what I did it was just really, it was really short. It was like a paragraph. It was like, not interested, da 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 da. And, and the only two words I really remember from that were tortured dialogue. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Hence, it was affirmation that as long as I spent on that and labored over that, it really didn't produce anything of real value wasn't that valuable. I think I had the script someplace. I don't know. Um, I may realize that there's other ways to make money as a writer. But it's just, it's just it kind of goes to show you can kill yourself agonizing over every single word. Or you can write quickly. And the key to writing quickly is to turn off the editor in your head that is telling you as you're typing, this is garbage, this is garbage, this is garbage. You're always comparing yourself to like Dan Kennedy or... Or, or John Caples, or you know any any of them. You're comparing yourself to all the great all the great copywriters. You know you can't. Or, you know Gary Halbert, whatever. You compare yourself to them, and you're thinking this is crap compared to them. This is crap. I can't. You now it's you know, you know. Tell that guy to shut up. Tell the editor to shut up, and just write. Just write. Force yourself. Give yourself a deadline. I'm going to produce this page. I can. I have an exercise, and I can't go through it right now because it takes a little bit of setup. But I can prove in like, you can write probably one of the best emails of your life in a minute with a little, with just a couple little tricks, and I can do that kind of thing. And it's because it's all about. It, a lot of it is a couple keys, but the other part of it is it's a deadline. You force yourself to write for five minutes, one minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, and that's it. And say, I'm going to get this page done in like five minutes or 10 minutes. You will write. You'll produce something actually pretty decent. So that's one key. You know, you have to believe that fast is good. The second key is you need to have tools. So tools like a swipe file. You have to have tons, and when you go, and you should be saving every stinking piece of junk mail you get, you know, especially if you see it over and over again. I mean, I see, gosh, I got, um, I got examples, and also save ads. You look at like, you know, go to magazines, look at the ads, direct response ads, save those, stash all that stuff, and start building out swipe files, looking at what ads really work, because that gives you a tool, that gives you more toolkits, because Copywriting is all formulaic. In fact, all right, you know, you start looking at movies are formulaic. Movies are not, you know, it's not, they don't go to the mute. They don't wait for the, the goddess in the sky to come down and beam down wonderment and comedy and adventure into their heads. They follow a step by step by step by step by step process. And they fill in the blank. There are tools like that. There's templates out there. You know, there's a stand, problem, agitate, solve is a great formula. I mean, you know, lay out the problem your your customer's facing, dig in a little bit, twist the knife, you know, agitate it, you know, make them make them bleed a little bit, you know, then then hey, I got the solution for you. Just that kind of very simple formulas, find the and the and so like mindset, tools, and the third is have a system. 
have a system for how you approach copywriting. You need to do it. I, I try to have a, you know, in terms of like research, pulling together all the, the necessary elements, pulling together like a bunch of headlines that you're going to use, pulling together your bullet points, pulling together, pulling together your offer. I, I told, I come from like, I worked at Microsoft as a, as a writer, um, as a game designer. And I spent a lot of time as a project manager and managing um, software development projects. And I thoroughly believe that copy isn't necessarily written, it's assembled. You put together the different pieces. You start, you don't have to do it, in, you don't have to do all, start with a blank page, line one, prehead, line two is headline, line three is subhead, and then boom, boom, boom. You don't have to do it that way. You could do it in total reverse. You could have your, write your PS first. You could write your guarantee next. You could write some bullet points next. You can find some testimonials. You can just take get all the pieces. The sequence, honestly, the sequence doesn't really matter. I do like doing headlines kind of up front because it gives you ideas, but it's not necessarily required. And then you start assembling the pieces. A, pro, a copy is assembled, not necessarily written, not just written. It's assembled. It's a project. So, you know, believe it, believe that fast is good. Have a set of tools you can use, you can go back to, and then create a system that you can step through and get it done. Because done is the most important thing. If you don't get your product done, if you don't get your sales letter done, you can't sell. Yeah, I mean, that's so key. Like, how many people miss that, though, right? Like, I mean, when you were talking about doing the whole screenwriting thing, it's like, I think that's most people's journeys in entrepreneurship and even starting a business. They spend so much time getting ready, sharpening the pencil and never actually doing the thing, you know? And then when they try it, it doesn't work out. And it's like, uh, what do you do? It's like, you know, one of the things that's been super effective for me in my business is the ability to create things quickly, validate them quickly, and then try a lot of different things and stick with the ones that resonate and, and be able to quickly get away from the ones that don't. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think that's so key. But that that whole little structure that you just gave there, I hope if you're listening to this podcast, you should grab a pen, paper, go back, listen to that again, and take notes on that because that is gold. I mean, pure gold advice on how to get a copywriting project off the ground quickly and put something together that can be effective. So, Jack, that was awesome. Maybe oh. um maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about your books and where they can get some more information on what you do and all that stuff. Oh, sure, sure. Well, I, I, I've written two books, um, and this is, this is actually a lesson. I'll be, I'll be very upfront and honest. Um, I have a, a, a day, uh, uh, I try to be a daily email writer. Uh, I don't quite get there, yeah, I probably, but I produce, when I was doing Magicians, I was doing three to five a week, and I still do three to five a week. Um, I know Ben Settle, who is awesome, recommends doing a daily email, and, Great. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have clients, so I got to take care of them first. And if I get there on my stuff, I do. Um, so that's probably just maybe that's my, my bad. Um, but anyway, I took my emails and gathered them together, the ones I wrote for the magicians, and I actually created, found, edited them, and put together my first book, which is 101 Fast, let's see, Fast, Good, Cheap Hacks to Writing a Killer Sales Letter. So this is on Amazon, and I put this together, and it's basically 101 quick tips on writing, writing sales letters. I mean, it has things like uh, 
the, the world's smallest headline formula, um, how to drill down on your list, how to get how to, the offer equation, little thing, how to get creative with guarantees, that kind of stuff. One of my key principles, one of my principles is like your, the key thing for your offer should be, it should be so good it hurts. I really believe that. That's one of the little tips in there, but I really believe that. You sh your offer, when you're crafting an offer, it should kind of kill you a little bit that you're giving them this great offer. I think, you know, I, I really believe that because I think people so often, no, I got to charge, I got to charge $9.97 for this product. And it's like, it's $9.97. That's all it's going to be, you know, because that's what everybody else, and like, you know, maybe, <laughs> but, but if, maybe if you're giving them like, if, but if you're giving them like $11,000 worth of value, seriously, and you give them to for, for $9.97 then, and it's kind of killing you to drag it up, up there, then that's great. But I, I just think the offer should just be better than that. And the second book, which again was written based on a bunch of, I took a bunch of emails and put it together and hammered out was how to write killer copy fast. Um, again, a bunch of same, similar tips on which goes into that, that three, that three part system. And it's organized all around those ideas and how, you know, in terms of your mind, get, get over your mindset, getting over, um, how to, the idea that fast is fast is beautiful. Fast is beautiful. Understand fast is beautiful and, uh, having some tools and having a system. So it goes into all that. Everything's there. Um, those are on Amazon. You can find them on Amazon. Look under my, I'm, I'm the only Jack Turk. I think it's written anything on Amazon. So if you look for Jack Turk, you'll find, find my books. Um, my website is writekillercopyfast.com. 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 Perfect. Awesome. Well, one of the things I'll do for the listeners is I'll put some links on the show notes of this episode that go to those books and also to your website. So if you guys want more information, pick up those books. Highly recommend them. I mean, really great stuff, Jack, like really great stuff. And copywriting, again, it's such an essential skill, I think, for entrepreneurs to, even if you're not going to do it yourself, even if you're going to hire people to do it for you, I think it's really important that you at least have an understanding of the basics and and what you know what you're working with so you can have some some type of ability to judge what's good what's not and and what gets results right so absolutely and i i'll just say if you don't mind i i really believe you you should be at least giving a shot to write your own copy i think every business owner should because nobody is as passionate about the service and about their customers as they are I mean, you can hire an external copy. You can hire me, um, but I don't know it as well as you do. I don't feel it the same way you feel. You know, you know I, I'm just, if you give me one second, I'll share. I was at an event um, and it was the Walker, Jeff Walker event. And this young lady came up and asked me, hey, maybe we can do a trade and you can write my copy. And da, da, da. I said, and I said, well, and that was a market. I'm not, she's kind of, it was kind of a woo-woo market and I'm really not that woo-woo, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm woo right. my own way, but I'm not that way, you know? And, and she just went on about how this experience she had just changed her life and has changed other people's lives. And she was, I could just see she was so emotional and passionate. I said, Hey, you just, just record what you just said and had a headline or two. And you've got the best sales letter on the planet. Because she really spoke from the heart. And I couldn't do that. Not for that. 
not for that. It, it'd be ridiculous. And so that's what I believe. You can write your own copy. At least give it a good shot. Yeah, that's a that's another great tip. Well, Jack, thanks so much for joining us on What's the Secret? Listeners, you can pick up the links and all that stuff will be at the show notes at tomgaddis.com. If you have any questions, feel free to comment on this episode or shoot me an email. Jack, thanks again so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Stay safe. Thank you, Tom. We'll talk to you again. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you found it helpful, then please share it with someone else. Just simply share the link or post it on Facebook and say, check this out. Really make my day if you did that. Also, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so every podcast gets sent straight to you and you don't have to go searching for it. Again, my name's Tom Gaddis, and I'll see you next week on What's the Secret Podcast. Aloha for now, everyone.